Jack. Ian? I think we have to lead with this because I know that our listeners are observant and I just mm-hmm. want to talk about it up front. I don't want to pretend like they're not going to notice that I got a haircut. Wow, you did. <laughs> wow. It's so... <laughs> it's so bad. You and I could not have more opposite heads. I mean, other than the Especially fact... Especially right now. Other than the fact that we're both gingers. Like, mm. um, eventually, I've got 11 years on you, so you're going to get a little more of this. Or no, 10 years. I'm How old are you? Man. I'm... 33. Yeah, I had to think about it. So, yeah, I've got you by eight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get a little more of the gray. But... It's starting to, to come come through now, man. Um, those of you watching the video well, version, you can see some uh, gray whiskers here, but not. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got that one about the same age as you, and then it started coming in on both sides, which I'm happy about. I'm a big fan of symmetry. I like yeah. callbacks. When things begin where they end, and so having it balanced yeah, on both sides. Mine, mine right now is completely asymmetrical. All I've got is this little bit in my mustache, and there may be some, like, uh, I don't know, random ones in my uh, have you, beard. Have you ever dyed your hair? Oh, yeah, many times, yeah. Especially back in my younger years. What colors? Dye it. Well, between the ages of, like, 14 and 20, it was always black. Um and then like maybe six seven years ago now i dyed it like purple green and blue and a bunch of crazy colors now so growing up i was definitely um i mean if we're talking archetypes right Mm -hmm. if we're we're talking in terms of if we're if we reduce everyone to a trope (laughs) i was definitely like um dorky nerd okay like dorky i like i hung out in the computer lab all the time and eventually this is like your adolescent sort of yeah well yeah like Mm -hmm. you know it's all quest for identity stuff right and so for me my main output to that was usually digital um my dad didn't we, we grew up mac people and that's in as much as any computer upbringing can be, that's a tough upbringing for a teenage boy because the only game that ever appeared on the Mac was The Seventh Guest and Mist. Mist is infamously uh, one of the only games that released first on Mac that is of any historical significance that I can think of. Oh, you know what else? See, I wasn't aware of that. You know what else was an, a, uh, a Mac first game? What? Wolfenstein. Really? Yes, but the what? very first Wolfenstein was... Uh, you remember the Max with the green screens? Like it was dark yeah. green and light green? It was on that computer, and it was a top-down representation of Wolfenstein Castle, and you were a little stick figure that walked around opening crates to find grenades and shoot the Nazis that were also stick figures on patrol. And I don't know if uh, it bought the rights to that, or uh, what exactly happened, but that eventually it, turned into the the Wolfenstein that everyone knows. Was that id software as well? Because I thought, I think so. Yeah. Because 
id software did also did uh doom and yeah. i've heard wolfenstein described as a doom clone no and wolfenstein I, predates I thought, doom yeah oh, okay because i always thought they were sort of like competitor games but i if they were both they were both id then... yeah wolfenstein okay. they made uh wolfenstein first at the end of the game you shoot mm-hmm. hitler and then doom was their iteration on the technology that was in wolfenstein I can't remember what it was, but I remember hearing a story about how Wolfenstein was an accident or something, or it was meant to be something different and then turned into... I shouldn't have brought that up because I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I, but I mean, like, Apple IIs were... I, I mean, that was the, or the... The the Apple was the first major home computer. Yeah. And was, yeah. then, IBM, if I remember if I, the, the history correctly, IBM started distributing um machines and dos was allowed to be installed on any machine and so you had all the the different manufacturers making dos machines mm-hmm. uh as opposed to one menu which is always the walled garden thing with apple one manufacturer yeah. making the hardware and making the operating system right because they he wanted to control uh uh the end-to-end experience of it so mm-hmm. that was where they kind of lost market share and all the games uh ended up being made for dos and windows 3.1 wow okay Uh, okay i see that sort of predates any of my memory i mean i i grew up on consoles um the sega master system 2 i i believe it was and then we had a, a pc at one point but not for long i think it broke but yeah, like I did play a little bit of Doom and Wolf- Wolfenstein and stuff, but that's yeah. well, no, that's really interesting. I'm not sure how. Well, how did I get on that kick? I don't know. We were talking about um, uh, teenage tropes and whatnot. By the way, everyone, hello, welcome to the podcast of the nerds. I'm, I'm Ian, and my name is Jack. Uh, we are not really scripting today. Uh, we haven't scripted at all. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Um, so this is just going to be kind of an informal chat. Mm-hmm. If you want to hang out with an us, experiment of sorts. Um, well, no, we've done this before, and I, was, I actually like the way it. I don't think we, we can do this every single time, but mm. um, I, I think this is the first time we've gone in with absolutely no script. <laughs> is think, it like we've we've done we've done Did like it? we've done one where we scripted like to a T and it was terrible and didn't work yeah. and we did a sort of a loose script and that worked a little better but I don't know I mean yeah you were just like how about we, we just start recording now I'm like alright yeah. cool, let's try it <laughs> uh, oh yeah so tropes so like uh, you mentioned you had black hair when you were like 14 to yeah 14. Um. so Basically, what happened was I discovered who Marilyn Manson was, mm-hmm. and I thought he was like the coolest person in the world. Tur- turns out he's not really, but that's a different story. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. So for the for, from the ages of like fourteen until my early twenties, I was quote unquote goth, I, I guess. Um, and it all pretty much started. I I befriended this goth kid in school, and he he sort of. Actually, the way it, it kind of started, he, I started talking about like music with him, and he he, he was like, oh, "I really like Marilyn Manson." I was like, "Oh yeah, that beautiful Pe- people song is really cool because that's the that was the yeah. Marilyn Manson song that everybody knows." Yeah. Um, 
And he was like, oh, well, I've got the, the album that, that that song's on. I'll, I'll lend it to, to you. So he, he let me beat the album. It's called uh, Antichrist Suit Superstar. And I listened to it from start to finish. And by the end of it, I was terrified and thought I was going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was amazing. And that sort of, that was my introduction to that sort of style of things. And that, um, that, that was my introduction into sort of, dark or heavy heavy music and whatnot um and what is it what is yeah. it about the um the, the the where i was going with that was like uh i in my junior high school high school days like probably i mean the perception of the darkness like the black hair and the dark clothes and all of that to me as a child was violence that okay. that was the um, my perception of um, someone. I'm using quotes here. Living yeah. that lifestyle, and I know uh, now that I'm older and I've met lots of people who uh, went through or are currently or were or are um, a member of that community or going through that phase. It's the opposite. Like um, very very much so. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, sort of tied with the Marilyn Manson's um, led with the grotesque to some degree. It was like the theatrically grotesque, but it was well, the grotesque. The Marilyn Manson, for, for him specifically, it was about making a statement and getting a reaction no matter what the reaction was. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't promoting violence or anger or any of those uh, things. He, it, it, it was more just trying to prov provoke a reaction from anyone regardless of what reaction it was yeah um i don't know it was kind of like a, a social experiment in in a way i guess um and i guess the reason why i sort of got into those um that side of things is i i mean look first and foremost i'm i was a teenager and i thought it looked cool yeah i just thought that was cool but it was also um i thought flannel and corduroys looked cool i, I went that <laughs> way for a while but um, I just didn't. It was also, uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the stereotypical, you know, I don't fit in, so I'm gonna be a non-conformist and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. It, it just, um, you know, when when you're that at that age, sort of early teenage years, you're you're really trying to figure out who you are and form an identity and. I just sort of stumbled into it and I ran with it for a, for a little, a little while. And, um, the only reason I stopped really was because I thought I was terrible at applying. All, <laughs> I think you've mentioned that. Yeah. And whatnot. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I sort of stopped in like my early twenties and you know, um, those of you, uh, who are watching the video version will see that I've, uh, decided to step back into that, uh, realm of things just to sort of try it out and try it on. Um, those of you listening to uh, the audio version, I am currently wearing some pretty heavy uh, eyeliner. And I don't know, man. I'm just... I wouldn't call it heavy. No? Okay. Well, glad. <laughs> um, cool. I just... And and why? To be honest, I don't know why. You know? Sure. I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote going through some stuff. And, you know, people like to cut their hair or do something dramatic during times like that and that's sort of a part of it but too i just i just had this moment uh the other day where i was like 
the only reason I stopped doing all, all of that is because I thought I was terrible at it, and mm-hmm. that's not a reason to really stop. And so, I'm just trying this on. I'm experimenting with my my identity, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. At that age, like, what specifically? What do you, what do you think? The you think it's just specifically about nonconformity, and also is there illusion? Is there an illusion as a kid that anyone conforms, or that there is such a thing? Because that's a that's a very big theme of like the Breakfast Club and stuff like that. Is the idea of conformity the idea of tropes? But even nonconformity becomes a form of conformity. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's its own. Goth, goth and punk, whatever you want to call all all these different alternative styles, they became sub sub genres and therefore a genre nonetheless right yeah exactly yeah exactly so it sort of loses the non-conformity uh somewhere along the uh, way but i mean especially when i was a teenager it was very very much about sort of feeling powerless but also trying to reclaim some some power Mm -hmm. by going against the uh, grain um kind of acting out in terms of appearance exercising some control over the things that felt uncontrollable yeah. Which yeah. would you feel that yeah. applies to what you're dealing with now? Certainly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just, um, I'm, yeah, no, but before we started recording, we were talking about stuff. I, I was like, I feel like I'm in a cocoon at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I'm just, I don't know, whatever comes out of that cocoon is going, well, hopefully is going to be me, you know? Um, and I guess this is this is an extension of that. Like I'm just trying this on, and hey, if I if I like it and I feel comfortable with it, I'll keep doing it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's funny because I don't really have a good reason why I decided to put all this makeup on. I just I just wanted to. Well, I'm not asking you for one. <laughs> no, no, no. I know that. I know that. But. Um, I just know it's quite an abrupt change, although it it doesn't feel abrupt to me as such, even because I've done this before. It's been a long time. Yeah. But this is, and this is this is probably the least amount of makeup I've ever had, had on at one time. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, like I mean, I've I've dealt with similar periods of intense change, and for me, one of the things that I did at the time before it was a, um purely a functional thing because there are very few attractive balding man hairstyles uh was shaving my head and and bicking my head and stuff like that um but again i think i think in those times too it's also just like throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks including throwing out outfits and yeah yeah yeah, it's like um, I've, I've I've been wearing uh black nail nail polish for pro- probably a month now. That's been a recurring thing, and and the nail polish it feels like me. So I'm just rolling with it, man. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing with appearance too is like, sure, I'm wearing eyeliner right right now. I might not be at the next podcast. I I will if I feel feel like it. Um, and that's the fun thing about I- identity. I think is. You can change it whenever you want to. You can you can experiment with it. Yeah, and that's partially what this is. But yeah, there there is also an element of you know, you know, you know, I'm going through through stuff and I want to experiment and change and you know you know you know um, 
I don't know, try and be some something different, I guess. Which isn't always a good thing. I get that. Um, well, spe- specifically, like, a lot of times in these... Well, I don't know. But I, I'm not overly familiar with... Uh, these kinds of situations but a lot of times the thing of it is is like trying to be something different or trying on other things or or what have you the thing of it is like the people around you already like you it's yeah yeah, it's it's you uh and me Mm -hmm. i will apply this to myself uh that struggle with the inner peace um So, you know, I, I, that it's, it's definitely not about other, other people. I can assure him there. It's not, um, to be honest, if I was worried about other people, I wouldn't do do this at all. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause it, it's like, I'm expecting lots of comments about it and that's fine. Say whatever the hell you you want. I don't care. Um, you know, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's definitely not about underpaying people. That's I, I, I can definitely assure you that. Yeah, good um, deal. It's funny. I thinking about that time, thinking about those um, teenage years, especially at the school that I was at. So I, I, um, I lived in Denver, Colorado at the time, and I lived with my mom and I lived in a two bedroom apartment, and um, the richest school in the state. Uh, was two territories over, but for some reason on the map of the neighborhood, there were bubbles of um, apartment. There were bubbles of of housing that, where if you lived in that bubble, you went to this school. So okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived in a bubble uh, of that. And my next door neighbors and the kids I hung out with on the playground, they went to the school down the street. I got bussed to this giant, uh, rich high school, um, that where I was one of 3,500 students or 3,000 students. Wow, it's a big school. Our graduating class was a thousand kids. Wow. And, uh, I think the biggest school I ever went to was like 1,500, I think. Everything like um, about being a student. I don't know if it was different. I I only went to one high school, but everything. I've never thought about composition as much as I did when I was going to that school. The type of shoes, the look, the kids dressed to go to school. They didn't like show up. It's funny. Like college was the exact opposite. It was. uh, It was. uh, people in their um, pajama bottoms and, you know, uh, flip-flops uh, sitting there taking notes on their laptop. But in high school, for some reason, the high school that I went to, like, if we talk about composition. Ev- whatever member, whatever group you were a part of was very composed. And even I probably thought about clothes and the way I looked and what I wore more than I have as an adult ever, and maybe I and I freely admit that as an adult, it would have often benefited me to think about composition a little bit more. I'm not someone who's anti-fashion or anti-that, but it was a, it's a um, 
especially at that age of like grasping for identity so strongly and again latching onto the things that you're capable of controlling um that was definitely a period where i I sort of went through i think i i I attached to preppy when i was in junior and dockers and boat shoes and all of that. Yeah, yeah, want to know what's interesting though is um, over, over here, pretty much nationwide, we had uh, compulsory school uniforms. So clothing wasn't Isn't that really interesting? something you had to think about in school. It, it was annoying. And, and the only uh, argument I ever heard for it from the te- teachers was that, you know, so, socioeconomic, um, you, know, you know, some people come from poorer families and can't afford ni- nicer clothes and all of that stuff. And I guess it that makes, it sense. makes sense, but mm, yeah. Um, but I think that in a way made me lean even harder in into the goth thing because like I, I couldn't wear dark clothes to school, so I would dye my, my hair black. Well, yeah, like I was saying like, um, there's no like, when you're that age, being sort of anti-conformity doesn't make a lot of sense because no one is anything. Everyone yeah. is looking for something. Everyone is... Yeah. like eh, oh, The thing about that composition is, by and large, it's people trying things on, trying yeah. on identities, um, and trying to figure out who they are. I still feel that way uh, a lot of times. Same, it's same. like I mean, obviously, I'm, I still yeah, feel that way. <laughs> I'm perpetually in that, that, that route of figuring myself out, but... Um, and like, and even if you feel like you find who you are, it doesn't have to stay that way. You can, you can, it's com- completely a choice. You can, you can be whoever you want, right? Really. Sorry, microphone was sagging. That's okay. A little bit. I don't know if we want to edit that out. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what else you been up to? Why do we didn't record last week? No, we didn't. Yes, no. and that was me. Uh, I, although we said that when one of us wasn't available, the other one was going to do a solo cast. However, both of us forgot about that until late <laughs> in the week. We did, yeah. 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 Um, and, I mean, given the, uh, what we both had going on, it would have most likely been me because I was one with, with, with the most time. But uh, yeah, I just think, forgot. Um, yeah, what have I been up to? Um, not a great deal. Um, you've, you've got me working on the sum, the summary for the next Angel video. Uh, Shadow of Ramon. Yes, I'm editing like the first like minute and a half of it. And... Well, the summary section was post-intro, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also gearing up to fly out to Sydney to see my family. When are you flying? Uh, Sunday. <laughs> wow. I'm. Oh, I just. So this is going to be our last podcast of this year, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you could do a solo, um, and I could just send you a video to put put in, so I can check check in or something. I'll think about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me know in the comments if you want a solo, if we're good, uh, um, uh, Jack and I, or Lonnie and I, or Lonnie, Jack and I, uh, will be back in the beginning of January. Lonnie uh, said she'd do a stand-in uh, for one until you get back yeah. from Sydney. Yeah. 
I, I usually go go for a little while, so it's probably going to be necessary. I'll, I'll be back like late January or something. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, like, I like going and seeing my, my family and everything, but it's just stressful, like, getting everything ready. And, and airports, I hate airports. Like, flying went from terrifying to mildly exciting to just pedestrian and boring and now i just want to get it over and done with so can i ask you uh what might be an utterly ignorant question okay by all means do you get to jump lines at the airport yes yes kind of i mean that that part's not bad right going to the airport sucks for everyone regardless but yeah skipping the security line Oh, no, no, you don't, you don't skip security in a post-9-11. Well, do you have, uh, they, uh, do you, how do you skip the line then? Oh, well, not, well, it depends what we mean, mean by skip the line. So, I go and I check in, I hand in my uh, bags, and then it take, takes them a little while because they, they have to tag the wheelchair and make arrangements for someone to help you onto the plane and all of that. But um, skipping the line is like I go through security jet just like everybody else, except I can't go through the the metal de- detectors because because of the chair. Yeah. The, yeah, but they frisk you. They give you a pat down, and which, which can be kind of weird at times. Yeah. Um, but um, it is what it is. I'm very used to it. But um, when it comes time to get on the uh, plane, they have this special aisle chair. It's like a skinny wheel wheelchair i guess mm-hmm. and so I, I sit on that they take my wheelchair outside and put it on the uh plane and this all happens like i'm the first one on the uh plane and then once i'm i'm on they let everybody else on which is great but then um when you, you land everybody else gets off and then i sit there for 10 or 15 uh. minutes until they can arrange for so i mean yeah it's yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, like, um, sometimes, like, they couldn't, they, they, they can't find a chair, so you're stuck on the plane for like 20, 30 minutes. It's, it's kind of annoying, but it is what, what it is. And, um, I will say, at least in this country, airlines are very, very good, like, for disabled people, um, for the most part, anyway. Um, I still wish there was a means of, uh, taking your wheelchair on the aircraft, but that would re- require a lot of, modifications and whatnot so you what do you what do you fly Qantas Qantas well Qantas is like too expensive for the most part um I fly with um an airline called Jet Jetstar which is owned by Qantas but it's like Qantas's budget yeah um yeah. it's like JetBlue um, to uh United yeah. I think yeah and typically so American I Airlines spend... are terrible <laughs> um I spend anywhere between like 80 and 120 dollars on the flight whereas flying with Qantas it'd be more like 100 to 150 I guess um there have been times when my flight has been cancelled and they put me on a Qantas flight which is great I love that Mm -hmm. because it's more comfortable and whatnot but yeah um flying is uh, I hate it yeah I uh I almost bought a Tesla when I still had my other job uh, because purely because of the autopilot, and I lived in a condo complex with, I had my own parking spot, but I didn't have a garage. But I was still like, I I want I want autopilot because the day 
that they have auto-driving cars, I will never fly ever again. If I can get in a car with a tablet and say, take me to Illinois, and then I take a nap, I don't care how long the trip takes. I will sit in that car Sure. as long as I don't have to drive and pay attention to the road. I find driving um, fatiguing, exhausting, stressful. Um, See, I don't have, have, have the license. But I hate flying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Flying is just also I'm kind of a nervous flyer. Yeah, I'm me too. Than I used to be. Um, I I hate take takeoff. Take takeoff scares the shit out of me. I'm like a clutch the, the seat and close my eyes until we're in the air. Kind of. Yeah, I went through a period after 9/11 where I was having nightmares about the people in the plane as it was being run into the building. And for a while after that, I would, um, when I had to fly, like break into cold sweats and get nauseous mm-hmm. and all of that. And that has abated. That has gone away. I'm sorry, but I still, now the problem is that um, ever since 9-11, when the airlines needed to be bailed out, um, seats have gotten small. There used to be first class and coach. Now there's business and business plus and all that. And the way they've gotten those uh seats is by shrinking the seats for the rest of them and i'm a large man so uh when i sit in a normal seat the back of my leg is touching the back of the seat and my knee is touching the seat in front of me the entire time and i get there with just all sorts of aches and pain and i mean i'm um what are you in meters yeah hey google how many meters is six foot three inches? To convert from feet to meters, divide unit of length by approximately. No, I wanted you to do the work, Google, not me. I think it's I, it's it's a number of meters. Well, I think we looked it up before. Yeah. Um, I think Sorry, I, didn't I think understand. it's just under two meters. One point nine. Which, I think it was. Which which you're a freaking. Giant. Yeah, I'm a big guy. Very very large man. And in my 30s, I like to eat and I like to drink. So I also got wide, tall and wide, or big and wide as they as they call. It. So like it just is never yeah, I can't I can't stand it. Anyway, uh I'm with you. So you're flying uh Sunday and then you're going to be back yes. early next month. Yeah, um no, not next month. Um late next month. Late next not, month. Not early. Okay. Yeah, um I don't. I typically just go there and decide when I want to leave. <laughs> um, I I don't. I mean, Ian, you know this about me. Um, I don't like organizing too much. I don't like yeah. having everything planned out. And I know it drives you freaking mental. You can't stand. Well, it. Okay. I, I, we I, say I, that, and then we miss weeks on the podcast because of me too. Like you know. Uh, yeah. I have my own, and and ask the audience how many uh, episode guides got published this year. <laughs> also, um, my mom, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm okay, I'm going home soon. I need to get going, and she's like, oh, just stay for another two, two, two weeks. There was that is why I would set a date before I went out, is so I didn't have to deal with that stuff. Is that there was there was. There was one time when I bought a ticket home and she was like, stay, I'll, I'll pay for your ticket. I'll give you the money for, for what you just paid. I don't care how, how much it costs yeah. to stay. I'm like, but like, so that's the thing. Like 
a couple of years ago when I didn't really have have much going on, I could do that. But I'm like, Mom, I've got commitments now. Yeah. Like, I've, I've got things that I do. I can't just sit here and chill. Like, I have to go. Plus, it's it's... I love my family, but I also love being a single bachelor in my own apartment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, it, it should be fun. Um, what are you up to for Christmas? Do you have a family I'm staying here with uh, the uh, my friend and his children's. Um, it's kind of nice. The, uh, you know, my family was very big on Christmas from, uh, while my parents were married. I mean, to the to an absurd amount. Like, uh, we we rented for as long as they were married, and uh, when we got up on Christmas Day, you couldn't walk into the room where the tree was because the floor was covered in presents that kept you out of the room. Wow. You know, and my mom, uh, who it was called home ec at the time. I think it's family studies now, but uh, was a home ec teacher, and so there were always cookies with little red mints on them all over the place and we had a second tree with uh santa story books underneath it and you know we went hard uh we went really hard and um you know it was like now as an adult thinking about what they went through to make that happen for us it's like good god they oh, st- yeah. they must have been up till four in the morning and then we would wake up at like five thirty and um tear into things and then they we had to like you had to go round robin with each of the kids so everyone felt like they had a chance we, uh you know it was it was extravagant to the nth degree and it was great it was great and they divorced when um i was 11 and then um we moved to Chicago. My dad and I moved to Chicago. My mom was in Colorado. And and Christmases became like not that. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like whatever they were, yeah. they were just not that. So it was like this weird yeah. grieving of all of us being in the same house and the fires and the hot chocolate. And like like it was, God, define comfort find cozy that that's what that's that's those were my christmases when i was younger is like the definition of cozy the christmas was a warm blanket um and christmas is after that was a warm blanket here but that's because it's the middle well yeah yeah but (laughs) christmas is after that became very um kind of the opposite of that the antithesis of that either i was with my mom um and it was just the two of us on Christmas because my sisters were kind of scattered and, you know, just kind of it was a sad sort of thing. Or I was at, with my step family who and it was not never felt like my family. And so it was just like another reminder of, of whatever. And so I went through a phase of forget all holidays rituals are stupid valentine's day is invented by greeting card companies like i don't i don't want anyone to celebrate my birthday i don't want to do this i don't want to do that and that was like early mid 20s and lately i have come back around again um that's exactly what yeah my my uh, brothers have been like that sorry but yeah no i mean like lately i i have more and more just been in the 
I don't know. Like I'm just getting older, you know. Um, and so much of that stuff, those those that ebb and flow that you go through when you're younger is kind of like we were talking about how high schoolers like develop an identity or try and figure one out, and they try a bunch on, and they sort of like construct this thing, and they're like, "This is me." And then you enter into work and rent and bills and 401ks and credit cards and, you know, uh, God help you if someone gets sick that early or any of those things. And, like, whatever you constructed gets the hell beat out of it by the day-in, day-out, relentless... Nothing erodes that thing you made as a high schooler. The like the relentless waves of life just coming in and out every single day, and um, and in my thirties that just fell apart. Like thirty one, thirty two, I was like, I don't know who I am, mm-hmm. and it was a long, it was a long walk back. And now that I, I'm, I'm, I feel like. Yeah, I like myself. I'm a pretty good guy. I like the work that I do. I think it does some good uh, for our community. I do think it does some good in the world. I think I have surrounded myself with kind, lovely, wonderful people. Um, and I think that I'm a good person for them in their lives. So I'm fine. I'm going to stop torturing myself. I'm going to stop riding myself. All of that. And um, quitting my job two years ago was like was a, a major step in casting off other ideas of what success were. Why do I believe that this 40, 50, 60 hour a week job and this income and this health insurance and this are like, I've gotten it. That's I like, those are the things that I, I grew up thinking I was supposed to pursue. I pursued them and I feel empty. Once, once you got them, you were like, Oh, okay. Well, what's next? Yeah. I mean, I'm, um, a single middle-aged alcoholic. So, but I, and I have this thing, this little thing called passion of the nerd. And every time I do it, I feel, I feel something. I don't feel something, uh, at my job, but I feel something when I do this. Why don't I go try that? And like that act has been very significant for me and kind of like looking for those vestiges of, cultural expectation that I didn't create myself that were sort of handed over to me. Um, and I think so. And so like, because of that, like I now, like I think about ritual and I think about ceremony and I think about those things. And I'm like, I see the value. I see the value for community, the value for family, the like, even in a relationship, I've been thinking about relationships a lot lately. And even in a relationship, I was thinking about this today. The term perfunctory gets a bad rap. Uh, by that, uh, whether that's it's p- date night is perfunctory or just sort of like, you know, there are things that you do in a relationship to maintain the relationship. And that sounds dry and that sounds um, devoid of passion, but it's actually the opposite. What it is is deep commitment with to another person to say like I care about the health of us I care about which the two of us which in itself is passionate which right? in itself is passionate right so like 
a, a married couple 20 years on say, all right, we need to have date night and we need to have sex once a week at least. Like, sounds perfunctory. It sounds uh, by the book. It sounds whatever. But just the commitment enough to do that is, to me, such an act of love. Yeah, that you, you care and you still want things to be right. good. And if you have to ritualize it in order to get it done, then why the hell not? And the uh, the more I, I think about New Year's Eve or Christmas or any of those things, to me it all applies. It's like, okay, so it's an excuse to look at my life, take stock and say, what would I like to do better? Or what would I like to do new? Or what? How is that ever a bad thing? Just because it happens yeah. every year on the first, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think my uh, brothers who are in their 20s are... Uh really going through that apathetic thing right right now especially one of them is like oh, i don't care about christmas it's just all commercialism and making money and stuff and i just so many is that younger I ian slap him. <laughs> i just want to slap him and be like dude cut the shit yeah hey just cut the shit um it's happened twice twice um it happened this year and and last year um so a couple of weeks ago i get a phone call from my mom and she's all like down and de dejected i'm like what's wrong and she was like i've taken all, all the decorations down and went when not doing christmas i'm like wait what <laughs> why and she was like no one here here is interested i'm like well i'm interested oh, yeah and she was like oh um your brothers don't care i'm like mom they, they never care okay they're apathetic they're apathetic shit shitheads in their their uh, 20s and so many times it's just like my mom put so much effort mm -hmm. into Christmas. Like it used to be about presents, but now we're all adults and everything. It's more just about good food and hanging out and spending time yeah. together and whatnot. But um, I just really want to say to my brother, so can you just do this for mom, please? Like just, uh, just uh, you can keep your personal opinions. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to change <laughs> what you think about Christmas, but just. Don't be a dick. Come on. Just eat some good food and just cut the shit. Yeah. Um, and then she and I actually ended up in a bit of an argument about it because I'm like, oh, come on. Let's just, let, let's just, come on. Like, let's just, let's just go ahead with it. And then um, we stopped talking and then she called me again a couple hours later and she was like, so the decorations are back. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Yeah, um, and the same thing happened last year too. Um, well, I mean, if I were talking to her, uh, what I would have said, if for whatever this is worth, is uh, you say, and I, and you may have because you were telling this story and you know off the cuff is like, um, so well, I like it, mom. Yeah, that's do exactly you, what I said. Mom, do you like it? And <laughs> if she goes yes, she goes, that's all that matters. Yeah. So forget yeah. those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I said, said let to them her, be Scrooges. They've, they've been like this for years. There is nothing different here. <laughs> they've been like this for years. Yeah, let them be Josh's. And, and there is something, <laughs> there is something beautiful about just the ceremony and just being together. Like it's not about Santa or Jesus or whatever. Like it's just being together, yeah. eating some good food, and being merry. You know. Um, yeah, like uh, the whole presence thing, I get is is like, I feel I feel that pressure of, mm -hmm. what should I get this person? So what I do now is right. I just 
the second I see something at any point during the year I think a friend of mine would like, I get it for them immediately and give them give it okay. to them. And then I just tell them like, yeah, I don't uh, with with me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I during the like the the event itself, I'm like I don't really do that whole thing because this is the way I am the rest of the time, and most of the time like people I know are oh yeah yeah. Although I still my last year. Um, I was here with uh, the family and the kids for Christmas, and mm-hmm. we said we weren't doing gifts. And then they had a stocking for me and gave me this uh, Breakfast Club t-shirt. And I was like, you sons oh. of bitches, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we um we didn't do presents last year, but we're doing presents this year. Um, but we're doing like a... Not a secret Santa, but just like, I don't, I'm going to, I actually don't know how it's working. My mum just called me and she was like, so we're doing presents. Um, you have to spend $150 and, and you're buying for Riley, my, my youngest brother. I'm like, all right, cool. I think I've asked you this question. I was talking to a friend of mine mm-hmm. I've been friends with for, we met when I was 19. So like 22, 22 years now. I don't know, math. Um, and we were talking about his family, he and his family, and he said, yeah, so um, at dinner time we take hands, you know, we say prayers, and then we eat. And uh, the, he was telling me a story about what his son said during prayer. And I was so taken aback. I was so shocked that they pray before dinner because he and I do not talk about religion. He grew up... Um, he grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness, and uh, so oh, wow. and talk about rebelling against structure. Mm. Um, uh, it, when we met in college, he was like, "Fuck all of that!" And but, I shouldn't swear during the podcast, but he, uh, um, you know, sort of. And then we never spoke of it again. Actually, the first year we met, he went through a born again phase, which lay, which I knew at the time he was doing because of a girl, but he wouldn't admit to. And then after it didn't work out. He was like, yeah, I was totally doing it to try and date Julia or whatever, whatever her name was at the time. Um, I think I got high for the first, uh, the first cigarette I ever smoked was from a girl I had a crush on. First time I ever got drunk was, uh, I was with a girl who put a shot in front of me that I had a crush on. Man, (laughs) guys are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right there with you, right there with you. I, I mean, stupid shit to impress a girl. Oh start smoking, or take on religion. <laughs> anyway, my point with all of that was, uh, sorry, and I, I, again, I don't mean to offend. That's right. I'm just trying to think of like cringy shit I, I've done to, uh, to impress a girl. Anyone who's listening, I don't mean to offend. Of course, we're just telling stories. But the, um, um, but he told me this, and I, I was like, he said, yeah, we say prayers uh, for dinner, and but and I, we didn't really get a chance to get into it. But I was curious about is he religious or like um, uh, had that. Had he picked that up recently? And um, so I'm curious, like, does uh, the holiday itself have any... Are you spiritual at all? Religious at all? Does it have any significance for you? Um, not... It, it doesn't have have any religious or spiritual 
significance for me. I'm not religious at all. Um, I'm, Do you believe in God? I'm an atheist. No, I'm, okay. I'm an atheist with a sprinkle of ag- agnosticism. And that's only because I say that, look, if, if you can prove the existence of a God to me, then I'd be an idiot not to believe that. Um, that's, that's, but I'm like 99.9999% sure. atheist. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, to, to, to me, Christmas is just about family. Um, yeah. And being together and whatnot. Um, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I. Birth of the baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and when it comes to being like spiritual, I don't know. Like, I. I think there is. Uh, there is a beauty in science, I guess. Um, to me, science is. The organization and structure of the universe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. And, and and to me, even though it's not quote-unquote spiritual, there is something beautiful and spiritual about that to me. Sure. Um, um, you know, people often ask, you know, why are we here? Why are we here? But why does there need to be an ordained reason? Yeah. Like, can't, can't, like, to me, it's just as beautiful if the only reason when here is big, big because life randomly does, does decided to spawn here. Like, well, I mean, that's kind that of the beauty of the beauty of the existential perspective is that it embraces, um, the fact that it, the paradox of, it's not really a paradox, but the, um, the frustrating contradiction of life being, uh, intrinsically meaningless, but us being beings who hunger for meaning. Yeah. Um, and that's all I hear in that question is why are we here? There is no reason. Yeah. Exactly, there's no reason. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't make it that doesn't make it meaningless. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So look I'm I'm a big believer in science. I'm I'm very much into science. I mean I've got a whole sleeve tat tattoo de- dedicated to uh, science, but to me there is something spiritual about that. Um, spiritual and beautiful, mm-hmm. I guess. But I mean Spiritualism is a very vague term, anyway. Um, but what about well, you? Um, am I? I'm an atheist. You know, um, to me, you talked about with a sprinkle of ag- agnosticism. The what I think about with that is, you said you'd be a um, a fool if someone proved that there was a god to say that there wasn't a god. The thing is. Um, you're you're only an atheist today right like because currently that's not the case but like one of the principles of those kinds of things is is like the thing about atheism is it isn't a religion it's a and it's not a philosophy it's a it's more just kind of a state of being and if that actually occurred where someone proved the existence of a deity the state of being would be different Things Absolutely. things would change, and I would have no problem saying like, "There's no ego for me involved in atheism per se." Have I ever no. told? You, oh, I have told you the story about when I realized I was an asshole atheist. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I used to be. I called him. I was. Atheist. A, yeah, I, I was a like, uh, like twenty-two. I um, I mean, you know, I've been dealing with heaps of insecurity my entire life. And one of the major ways I compensated for it when I was younger was uh, through intellect. Like, you know, I may be think I'm 
whatever, whatever, unattractive, whatever. Um, uh, but I'm smart. Look at how smart I am. Do you see how smart I am? Yeah, you know. and there is that's all rude and e- ego too. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, it's just yeah. insecurity. It's um, yeah. uh, uh, it was my which, just which an extension of egotism. My way, yeah, my way of not being comfortable with myself, and to it was a way of being successful that I mm-hmm. uh, uh, could come up with at the time. Anyway, I can't tell that story. Uh, I haven't been able to tell that story. I think it would be a good story uh, for other people to hear, but it involves someone uh, and information about their lives that is relevant to the story that I'm not in contact with and can't get their permission to to talk about. But um, it was just a moment where I realized, like, oh, this is not important. Love is important. Compassion is important. Being right, so, who cares? No, no. Yeah. And you, you uh, grew up religious, right? Because I didn't. I, um... I did. Um, we were Protestant, um, oh. or no, Presbyterian. Um, okay. But it was because my dad liked the pastor. My dad always had kind of a loosey goosey relationship to the 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 rules, the specific dogma of any particular church. Um, but he, uh, you know, very much believed in God and grew up going to church and and uh, wanted to make sure that we all went and all of that. I think I've told the story. And then when uh, my parents divorced, it's like, at the time, I didn't understand. My dad was my age. You know, I, uh, Jack, I say this with uh, all the love I can for myself. I am a deeply selfish person. Like, like, we all do exactly. People. But that's the thing is like, I wake up and I feel, you know, uh, poopy or depressed or whatever. And the idea of having to think about children, uh, the idea of having to, to, to go through, a, uh, the end of a, 20 year relationship and the the pain and and they went they did it badly they they it was ugly um and to do it that way and then to be lonely and then to be all of that and have children i cannot imagine how complicated that is how challenging that is how difficult that is um but when they divorced my dad sort of fell out of the church for a while um and tried to have the marriage annulled, which is strictly a religious uh, kind of thing, in order to marry his, uh, my stepmother. And um, uh, and I think just because of all of that, and as that was kind of happening, he, we just stopped going. And then when I was in college, my last year, I, th- I was 22, I told him I was an atheist for the first time, and he started crying. <laughs> Pardon the, pardon the, oh god! <laughs> yeah, he and he he said, "Oh, it's 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 my fault. I it's my like I I I didn't do enough. I should have had you confirmed. I should have made sure." Was that the other? I was like, "Dad, you know, it was it was a it was an unexpected experience the way it went." And I don't, I'm not yeah. laughing at my dad. It's just like I'm laughing at the the situation. It, you know, it was so. Um, it was weird, you know. Yeah, I can imagine that being being very weird. Now, 
question. Yeah. Um. So I've got a I've got a lot of American friends now, as you know. I've I've got more friends in America now than I do here, mm-hmm. strangely enough. But um, and a, a lot of them have pretty much told me that like, in general, over there, the default is Christian. Like you assume somebody is religious unless they tell you otherwise. Would would you agree with that? Uh, I mean, I would think that would be regional. If you're in a city uh, or a northern state, no. If you're in a southern state, yeah. Right. If you're in Utah, definitely. Like, uh, <laughs> there's. Yeah. It just depends on on kind of where you are, um, and and you know, confusingly, and I'm not going to get into why I find it confusing, but um, it also. Uh, Seems to fall along political lines a lot now. Um, yeah, that's odd. That's conservatives really odd. are much more religious, and yeah. you know, vice versa. Mm. Um, it's all tribalism or something. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. About I mean, identity politics are mm. a big thing now. The internet is having un- an untold effect on society that's going to have <laughs> yeah. ramifications far beyond our lifetime. Over here, like, look, and this is just my experience, but I would say that over here, you would assume somebody is either an atheist or sort of non-religious, sure. unless unless they tell you tell you otherwise. That's but true. That's just, uh, English. That's just my experience. Yeah, uh, people in uh, I've I've heard that from friends who grew up in uh, the UK. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the same kind of thing. We're a we're a different kind of country. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no place on earth like yeah. the US. Speaking of, the uh, vaccine is starting to circulate. Yeah. You know what's weird? Because it's just been approved by the FDA o- over there. Yeah. Um, uh, our frontline uh, medical um, uh, responders are the ones who are getting it first now. And then it's sort of filtering out from there. And there's no way of avoiding like the super rich and all of that being able to get their hands on it first, of course. But um, what's interesting is I have not felt the... Have you noticed a corresponding wave of tension coming off? Uh, Sort of, you know, like Twitter has been a a, a shitstorm for I mean, Twitter is a cesspool of the best of times. Yeah, yeah, I try and filter and follow and limit mm-hmm. and control the 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 it as much as possible. But um, what is interesting is I would have thought like with a vaccine that there would be a little more cause for celebration as it started to yeah. circulate, and I have not noticed or sensed that. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, I'm not getting the vaccine. It's been, been rushed. It's not safe, blah, 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 blah. But, but, which frustrates me yeah. because just because it was kind of fast-tracked doesn't mean it's gone through this um, any less like safety um, um, precautions, trials, and, and, and whatnot. What we are seeing is what science is capable of when you remove all, all of the obstacles. Yeah, and, and, you know, yeah. That's that's what we're seeing, um, and yeah, like um, it, it's like the the vaccine is 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 it's been tested. It's gone through all the same processes. It's just that 
they have done it. They've allowed it quicker um, rather than putting up all these road road roadblocks that are. Uh, typically a drug has to go through do you have any conspiracy theorists in your family no weirdly i've got a couple of trump sub supporters which, which, which is odd because <laughs> australian trump Australia, supporters it's 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 weird yeah um n- no not really i don't think there's any like full-blown con- conspiracy theorists no yeah, I have I have some anti-vaxer Pizzagate uh, people in my family who. Um, the frustrating thing to me as an individual, like you know, you, they're your family. You try and yeah, you you. I don't. Family is family. I don't need them to be like me in order for me to love them. They're my family. I love them. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, just because we wouldn't if we met randomly on the street probably wouldn't form a friendship it's like well that's not what happened um you know but uh but the thing that i find frustrating is that i developed such an allergy to not only that like but um kind of new agey spiritual stuff that it's such a stringent allergy that occasionally when things occur that are a reason to be cynical, that are a reason to be critical of uh, the news or whatever, like I'm so used to reacting negatively to that kind of stuff in my own life because it's like Earth is flat and we never landed on the moon type of things. Uh that that I forget to be there's a difference between um there's a difference between cynical and uh um it's not the word that I'm thinking of but critical critical thinking okay. there's a difference between yeah. uh definitely I'd agree with just that. outright biting cynicism that I suffer from sometimes mm-hmm. versus just th- taking some time and thinking critically about uh, a particular thing um so i don't know so that kind of bugs me i don't like being that way about like i i prefer to be open-minded about most things is all i'm trying to say yeah except yeah. for flat earthers and anti-vaxxers and all that kind of thing do you by the way do you subscribe to any conspiracy theories um not really i mean i I spend a lot of time like looking into them and researching them just because I find it fascinating. Um, But a lot of it, see, I think a lot of people who subscribe to that stuff, they want to, they have this desire to be like, as if like they like the idea or feeling like they know something that everybody else doesn't. Well, there's an, there's, there's an identity aspect to all of this, you know, um, yeah, yeah. a lot of what and we're talking about life. today has to do with identity. Yeah, yeah, and feeling like they're like they're like more awake than, than sure. everybody else. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I have a vague interest in in conspiracy theories, but I don't know if there's any I I actually buy into. See, the, see, the thing is too, there have been many um, conspiracy theories that have uh, turned out to be true, like. Uh, the MK Ultra uh, conspiracy mm-hmm. theory that uh, the, the CIA used uh, L- LSD to 
experiment with our mind con control was believed to be a, a conspiracy theory for, for years, but no, it actually happened. Um, and, and there's been a few other examples. Um, oh, I did. I used to subscribe to one, and I'm very, very ashamed of myself. Oh, that's the best kind. What is it? Ian, I was a 9-11 truther. Yeah, I was too. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I, I saw that. I wouldn't say, was it Zeitgeist? No, um, the Loose Change documentary. That sucked me in. Oh, yeah, so there was a, well, and I mean, even more mainstream, Fahrenheit 9-11. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Which was a... A more Michael mainstream Moore, Michael Moore, more mainstream, less yeah. conspiratorial, yeah. but not completely uh, free of it. Yeah, Zeitgeist yeah. was bananas. Um, Zeitgeist, I see, but Zeitgeist went into a lot of different things that I found very fascinating too. Like it, went, went it did. I on, I think that that was one of the reasons why it was successful was because yeah. um, like the whole repetition of the Christ figure section uh, that they talk about in there yes. was very interesting. Um, and I think but, that you throw a bunch of interesting history and truth, sprinkle that in uh, along with your crazy. That's the problem with Zeitgeist. As as good as it was, there was a lot of misinformation. Sure, in that, like a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for for me with the nine eleven truth truth of stuff, it was a documentary called Lo Loose Change. And sounds I think familiar. That film, it's very well made. It's very effective. Yeah. Like, it's com convincing, and they use lots of like emotional manipulation. You know, with like um, music and just. What, what well, that's the, the I use emotional manipulation it's, in every episode guide. <laughs> it's 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 like it's the value of the I part of it, what I, I watched it a couple of years ago after I got got all of that got 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 over all of that and I watched it from like an objective standpoint and I'm like no wonder I got so sucked in this is really well done yeah um it's interesting when you get older and can see the see yeah. the the behind the scenes stuff the construction can understand the construction. Yeah. The thing that woke me up was just kind of realizing that, hang on, like what the U.S. government essentially murdered three thousand people, and like the amount of people that would need to be involved—that's in always that a big, happen. yeah, a huge deal—is like the amount of people it's, who aren't saying anything. Re like the, I've heard the the. I mean, the a simpler example, like there might, but there's probably someone listening who is a nine eleven, but believes nine eleven was an inside job. Simpler example. Earth is flat. The number of people involved who would ha have to be involved in this conspiracy to convince everyone else that the Earth is round, the conspiracy that the Earth is round, uh, they're sending up people to the International Space to Station fake all, the time. all of that, to fake uh, views from space, to fake views from the space station, all of that, like. And across multiple countries, you know, we can't collaborate on world peace, right. but we can collaborate right. on the earth is flat. And my thing is too, like, what's the motive? Why? What are they getting from that? What's the... Well, I mean, these people, the thing is, like, these people always have answers. They're, they're just unsatisfying answers. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I've never heard a convincing motive. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't even think, think of one that they're, they're that shitty. But the thing is... You can prove the Earth is flat yourself. There are—I'm uh, sorry, round, not flat. <laughs> <laughs> prove that the Earth isn't flat. 
yourself with some very basic experiments. Like, um, if you go out to uh, the, the water uh, with, with the telescope and watch a, a ship sail off into the horizon, you, you look at it through a telescope, it disappears from the bottom up. Yeah. That wouldn't happen on a flat earth. <coughs> on the flat earth, it'd just get smaller and smaller and smaller until you, you can't see it anymore. Yeah, well, I just um, I just go to that one because it's so patently ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, I know. What's interesting, know too, is... I, you, I, I have... Yeah, like I said, I have one in my family. Yeah, and, like, every time you try to bring up any kind of, like, counter-argument, they just shut down or just go, oh, that's just... Like, like I told him about the ship thing, the, the ship dis- disappearing from the bo- bo- bottom up, and his re- response was, that's just perspective, man. And I'm like, what does that even mean? What are you trying to tell? What? It's... Explain. And, and, and he couldn't. He just, just said, well, that's, it's just perspective. I mean, that's an interesting thing, right? Like, I've had um, debates with friends who are pro-gun. Um, and, and I, and my dad's program. What's interesting my dad is a, um, gun carrying liberal Democrat. Uh, there, there was a time, there was a time where politics were not so polarized that you either filled out all the check boxes of your political party or you were excluded from it. You know, there was room within different political affiliations for shades of philosophy, for shades of belief, and all of that, um, but I'm not. I'm I'm very uh, anti-gun, uh, and but I'm I I I I believe that it is important for me as an individual to be willing to enter into conversations with people who think differently than me. You know, because um, if I'm wrong, I want to know. You know. Right. Right. And that's the thing is I think a lot of times I, I, I think people who adhere to I, I, I think it's it's often difficult to tell when you're more interested in being right. You're more interested in being right than the 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 your opinion itself. Like the yeah, the actually, the, the yeah. sensation of and that's what I get from that's just perspective, man. It's like he, that guy's getting something out of the philosophy, and yeah, that's what I was talking about before about just feeling powerful and like you know something that other people don't. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, I forgot what when I was. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, given that this is our last podcast of the year, I was thinking we were going to do a couple more lists, but because... Oh, so uh, last week, the reason we canceled was because I was editing Shadow late into the day on our recording day and uh, ended up publishing at four in the morning. So I actually was uh, up all night. Um, and I usually talk a little bit about the episode guide after the fact, but it's, it's so funny, that episode guide... And this particular run in Buffy is the def- definition of solid. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's good, yeah. there was nothing re- remarkable in that episode guide per se. There was nothing bad I mean, in that episode it, guide. It, it was, was just a very good video. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. Uh, the editing was crisp. The I was shocked at the number of comments on the nipple boop. Uh, <laughs> We, um, but there's not really anything it, else to say about it. 
we watched it together before you uploaded it and um i remember saying afterwards that it was yeah it's 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 a very um it's a very pat passion of the nerd video yeah. it's got all the elements it's, there's, some, it's, there's some funnies in there there's some philosophy there's some yeah there's, it's there's kind of nice thoughts. to be getting to that point where it's like i feel like the medium the median level of quality the peaks were always getting higher, but the medium, the median level of quality, I think, has gone up uh, when it comes to the editing yeah. and and all of that. Yeah. So yeah, not much to say about that. But anyway, the um, we were talking about doing a couple of lists. That's the only thing I'm yeah, disappointed we by is we uh, yeah. uh, we're not going to get those lists in. No. We're still going to do resolutions in in the new year. Yes, that'll be the first um, podcast when we get back. Yeah. And what we'll do is um, I'll explain the plan for it. And I'll say, now pause the podcast. Go and if you want to do this with us, go and and come up with yours. And then unpause the podcast and we'll go. Um, but that'll probably take the entire time. But we were talking about uh, best game you played this year or handful yes. of best games. Do you have anything in mind? Yeah. Yeah, I do actually. Funnily enough, um, I I bought. Uh, I think I mentioned it. Um, oh no, I mentioned it at the at the stream uh, that that we did. I just bought uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and I know people on console. I know, and and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I I know you you guys are having a rough time, and it it hasn't been like flawless on PC either. Um, You're playing on a ten eighty, not Ti. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm playing on the 1080 and an i7 7700K, and I'm still having performance issues. Um, it's the first game that has made me feel like the 1080 doesn't keep keep up anymore, and it made me sad. Um, I've tweaked with some of the settings, and I now I'm getting like 45 to 50 FPS as opposed to like 35. So I mean, marginally better as a console gamer. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever got. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> so um people especially because apparently they released it for playstation 4 and like xbox one or something like that like the base level um consoles and those people are really struggling apparently. yeah it was um, so much so that they're doing refunds but anyway what do you think of the yeah. game i actually love it um so it's got a um the the tutorial took me like well not tutorial the the opening shall we say before the game opens up and lets you do whatever the hell you sure want. uh took me like five or six hours and um yeah yeah you know like i like story in games but it's never been my main draw mm -hmm. if you know what i mean i'm very much i like gameplay i like um just me mechanics and stuff but by the end of like the shall we call it a prologue it really sucked me in like really sucked me in it um i will, won't go, go into any spoilers but what i will, will say is uh you start with a companion by the name of jackie wells and in the opening like like the first couple of cut, cut scenes i hated him but by the end of the pro prologue i i loved him and i've never had that that experience in the game like i've liked characters like um I love Trevor Phillips from uh, G G GTA 5 because he's just a mental case. That guy's nuts. And don't get me wrong, if he was a real person, I would be terrified of him. But, um, you yeah, know, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Really, 
I can't I can't go go into spoilers, but um, you know, my initial um impression of that game is oh, it's GTA but futuristic, but it's more it's more than that. See, G- GTA to me is like a it's satirical. It's it's social commentary in a way. It's an exaggerated version of everything wrong with the world mm-hmm. kind kind of. But this is this is there's more philosophy in this one, I dare say, and um, it's just and I don't know, like and the level of customization in your character too is incredible. Um, I I haven't seen anything that's gone so in depth. You can. I mean, you can alter your uh, gen- genitals if you want to, even, even though you're wearing clothes most of the time. Yeah. Um, if you want to play a woman with a penis, you you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do basically anything you 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 want. I think that's great. And um, CD Projekt Red did that intentionally. They said with the game, this isn't a word for word quote that they but 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 they wanted to transcend like humankind and 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 sort of play with what it is to be human i i I think they use the term transhumanism Mm -hmm. or something like that um and so that was uh very intentional but um look it's it's just a fun game it's engrossing and um i i didn't expect to be as into it as as i am but i'm i'm very sold on it what was the game you played the most this year It was Overwatch, of course. It's <laughs> mine's mine's probably Overwatch. Dota, so I'm right there with you on the pain. <laughs> yeah, look, it just... I don't know. That game is just like bubblegum to me. Yeah. It's just jump jump in, play a couple of matches, half an hour later, I'm done. Do they have a battle pass now, or are they still doing chests? Oh, no, they... they what do you mean? Like, Does the game do a, a yearly or quarterly battle pass? uh for unlocks or do, uh, so. does it do they do chests no, no. no it's just chests like um yeah um yeah they they just give you like loot boxes but they're all cosmetic there's no sure like power, power up everything in dota is cosmetic i've still spent lots of money on it oh i bought a couple of chests here and there but no um but also they will do events where they will release new skins mm-hmm. um and like some of the skins they will like allow you to unlock by simply playing the, the game and they'll say like win six matches and you unlock oh that's nice skin. that's new oh. since i uh played it yeah yeah they don't they don't make it too difficult but they do have like a a currency system that you like you will get currency just by playing big game or if you um if you open a chest and you've and they and you get something that you've already got because the double they'll give you a couple of coins for it, um, and yeah, so it's very fair. It's very fair in the way they uh, do it. But yeah, of course you can buy currency though. So you. why why groans for Overwatch? Because it's why just... why shame why embarrassment? Because it's just again, like I said, it's just bubble gum, man. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I. Okay, she feels like it's not redeeming uh, f- me, as entertainment. It's just that I wish I had played more games that I haven't played before, rather than just going back to the game that I've been playing for three. Yeah, years that's now. a that's um, that's a yeah, that's the problem with bottomless yeah. games is uh, yeah. not having a greater variety of experiences. 
Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is too, is when I'm like, okay, I'm sick of Overwatch now. I reinstalled Battlefield 1, <laughs> which I've been playing for even longer. Like, even longer. What is it, but, wait, uh, but why Why don't you get back into Red Dead Redemption? Or why don't you get into, um, I mean, Destiny is another bottomless game. So, uh, those other experiences, like, why, What? It, what is the difference between a Red Dead that doesn't quite catch... Uh, versus uh, what you're dealing with, what you're experiencing with Cyberpunk right now. That's the thing. Red Dead, it's not that it didn't catch. I just, there was no reason why I abandoned it. You kind of fall off the wagon? Yeah, like, it it is a great game. I will say I found it a little overwhelming. Yeah, well, I feel that way about everything they make. You finish the opening like sequence, which takes a couple hours, and then you're kind of like, okay, well, what, what's next? It's like there's so much you can do that you kind of don't know what to, yeah. to do. But, but that's not that's not a, a deal breaker for me. That I, I just like my uh, brother and I were playing um, online, mm-hmm. Red, Red Dead Online, for 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 like like a long while. And then we stopped playing, and then. Um, my hard drive got really full and I was like, I need to delete something and it ended up being Red Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I don't have an excuse though because somebody got me an eight terabyte hard, hard drive for uh, Christmas. Somebody well, the, knew. The only reason I ask is because like um, the year before this one, I think I only played Dota. The whole year I only played Dota. I'm looking at my list right now. And... Um, mm-hmm. I it was it's pr- weirdly the New Year's resolution I had the most success with. Um, in January we're gonna go through. Uh, res- I'll go through my what my resolutions were from last year and what my ones are for uh, the upcoming year. But um, one of the one it was so bad that one of the ones that I set because I love games, I love storytelling in games, I love games. Yep. Was I wanted to play more games this year, and I did. I played. Uh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Correction. I finished eighteen games. I played wow. a lot more than that, but um whenever because I was doing backlog stuff, so I was like, I'll play for an hour. If I get hooked, I'm moving on and trying something else. So I finished stuff like Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Quantum Break, which was terrible, uh, uh, The Outer Worlds, um, Batman Arkham Origins, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, Tomb Raider, Homeworld, Deserts of of Karak. I finished a lot of stuff this year. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, But And I have stopped playing Dota. It's like they're mutually exclusive. Either I play Dota and four hours disappear, or I play, like I just finished um, my Insanity playthrough of the Mass Effect trilogy. And I I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think of the the last game I actually finished, because I'm notorious for not finishing games. Um... I played a hell of a lot of um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and nearly finished it, but I didn't quite get get to the end. Black Flag um, was great, amazing. Yeah, that's, that's God, that game was good. The, the best Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. Um, I really want to play Valhalla though. 
I was actually I, I I was trying to decide whether I was I was gonna get Cyberpunk or Valhalla, and I almost got Valhalla, but then I watched the uh, trailer for Cyberpunk, and I'm like, that looks cool. So By the way, uh, Valhalla, you uh, the thing that you remind me of with the makeup is a Viking. Well, that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, through. I like it. It looks really cool. I'm, I'm I'm experimenting with the look and identity, and I'm I'm. I've literally been saying I'm going for a Viking beard. That's what I'm trying yeah. to grow. So, yeah. So yeah. like the, so, I think there's he's got eyeliner on and or or like eye black on in the cover yeah, of eyeliner the and some eyeshadow and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like and, it. It's cool. Yeah. That's kind. Of, that's definitely what I was going for. I was very very much inspired by the show Vikings. Um, yeah. Right, so your game of the year is Cyberpunk. We played a lot of Destiny. You know what? I'm going to say Cyberpunk was a runner-up and my winner is Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is great. We, we put so much time I into just, that. We, we had a lot of fun playing it and that was one of those ones too where I got kind of overwhelmed and you explained a lot of that game. Well, I had to go figure I, out the game for several hours and then I'm like, all right, I yeah, figured it out. Here we go. Yeah. And at first I felt very just sort of like, okay, I don't know what the hell the hell I'm doing. But once you explained it yeah. all to me and showed me the ropes, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, One of the best looking plus, games I'm I've ever played. I'm a sucker for power-ups and loot, uh, uh, loots and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, it's a, yeah, it, it has that, that Diablo thing. The other nice thing, too, is that it can be bottomless, but you can also play it as a game with an ending. And and so yeah, I I like Dota's forty five minute loop over and over and over again. Overwatch is a ten minute loop over and over and over again. Um, Destiny can be the other thing, but it's not. Um, I I played many more things than you did this year. So um, looking at my list, I, I dabbled. Like I played like ten minutes of a lot lot of the different games, yeah. and then never touched them again. Um, standouts on my list. Mirror's Edge Catalyst was really good. Um, I love that series. Um, Uncharted Lost Legacy was turned into a lot of fun. It was, uh, but I love Naughty Dog. You know, I love Naughty yeah, Dog. Naughty Dog's great. Um, but my game of the year has to be Spiritfarer, which was I knew totally unexpected. Yeah. Um, which was a random roll. I hit that button in the Xbox app that said, what's the next thing I'm playing? It selected Spirit Fairer for me randomly. I played, I was doing my like play 45 minutes of something, try the new thing. I played 45 minutes of it and then the next day I picked it up again and then a week later I was like, Jack, you've got to play this. This is one of the... Yeah. Most, I've got it installed but I haven't played yeah, it. It's, I mean, I get it. It's, it's weird. It feels like a number of different things. It feels like Farmville. It feels like um, Terraria. It, like it feels like a number of different things. It's also unlike anything that I've ever played. And I cried more than once uh, playing the game. And it has yeah. one of the most beautiful soundtracks I've ever played. So for anyone who missed our earlier discussion about it, you play a um, a a girl who wakes up in the afterlife and death gives her or, or rather the uh the the um boat rider from the river sticks gives you his abilities and you have to go around and pick up souls that are stuck in the middle ground 
and help them resolve their um, remaining issues with their uh, former existence so that they can you can take them to the gate and they can move on to the afterlife. Um, and it's done with this hand-drawn pixel art, well, it's not pixel art, hand-drawn, side-scrolly, um, kind of uh, collect and farm and, and construct loop and research loop, um, which gets redundant and gets a little boring uh, as I go. But the more I went, the more I get into the stories of the individual characters and... Um, the music and just kind of the the general spell the game uh, started to weave. And then you find out why she's in the afterlife or why she's where she is and why um, death gave her uh, his powers. And it's really interesting. And you were saying that it's got a lot of like subtext and metaphor in terms of the story. There's ton tons of, I mean, it's, 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 it's something I love. It's kind of what Buffy is, right? It's, um, taking all of these high ideas and discussing them through a lens that we normally wouldn't, which in this case is this collection uh, gameplay loop, right? Um, and in this, there are um, conversations about uh, access to immortality through art and abuse and um, the nature of love and all of this. Through this, like, all right, plant the seeds so you can get the tree and then cut the tree down to build the thing, to do the shed, to yet da 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 mm -hmm. um, And I, I love finding that stuff in a place where you wouldn't normally expect it. And Buffy is a show about um, a teenage vampire slayer. Yeah, that right. also touches on existential philosophy and psychology and and um, all of this, and I, I am I'm not saying that I'm saying it's unusual to find those kinds of things in that place in a a CW esque kind of show that tackles these realistic um, sort of um, high minded ideas. You know, and is entertaining, and is very funny, and is um, uh, I mean, not ve not very funny, incredibly funny, and incredibly captivating, and and all of that. And Spirit Fair is that for me is mm -hmm. is like they you kind of suck me in with this, just the this little like gameplay loop, and then we're talking about Ozymandias and trying to cling through to immortality through art it's like okay i i was really um in love with it it sounds pretentious but the thing of it is i mean maybe it is but um to me the way that it bypasses that is by is the lens through which it looks at all of these things and you know playing as this little girl riding a boat around uh the afterlife picking up souls that are all animals of some sort i mean it was so unusual and so you know had all of these loops that felt like a million other games but collectively felt like nothing i've ever played before okay. um so yeah i really loved it i also played the mass effect trilogy again and was reminded why that's the fourth time i've played through that series <laughs> since it came out um we said the rules for uh game of the year were not the game that came out this year 
but the game that you played this year for the first time. Uh, well, not for the first time, but games that you played this year. So, um, Yeah, because I was thinking for, for a long while that um, my game of the year was going to be Red, Red Dead 2 because it is a fan, fantastic game. Yeah. Um, I, I love Rockstar. They always knock, knock it out of the park for me. I, I love those guys. But um, I played that when it, when it was released on uh, uh, PC, which wasn't this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I just remembered the last game I finished, and it was Gears... What, what oh, was yeah, we finished game? Gears of War, the original one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got super bored with Halo, so we got halfway yeah. through it and stopped. Yeah. I... I enjoyed the experience of playing it with you, but I would not play that game again on my own. No yeah, chance. Gears is good, bad. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. Um, I hated the clunkiness of it. There's a bunch of individual things bad. about it that are clunky and frustrating, and dude, bro. Yeah. Uh, but collectively, it's an interesting, fun, kind of unique uh, experience. <laughs> Dude, bro, is a perfect way to put it because every man in that game is just like so much, like like di disproportionately muscly. Like, well, they all dudes. talk like this. Yeah, and the, and they all look like giant turds. They're that like muscly and yeah. We went through a big space marine phase in the uh, in the video game community between the Master Chief and Gears and yeah. all of that. Um, it really was Halo that spurred that on, wasn't mm -hmm. it? it yeah. Yeah. PlayStation tried to do it with Resistance, um, and it didn't really. Yeah. Didn't really take. It was Resistance and something one. else. I don't remember what the other one was. I know there was. I think the first one was called Resistance: The, the Fall of Man. Yeah. I think. Um, and it. I remember my my brothers had it, and I tried to play the first level. And I'm like, this is stupid. I don't like this. So <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. So no, I'm, Favorite thing that happened this year? Game, uh, by the way, the official Passion of the Nerds Game of the Year goes to Destiny 2 and Spiritfarer. I, uh, by the way, uh, you haven't played Spiritfarer. I can agree on Destiny 2. Destiny 2 was uh, yeah. great. Um, and I'm sure I am going to love Spiritfarer because you've told me a lot about it. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to love, love it too. Favorite thing that, that happened this Favorite year? thing that happened this year? Your top five, or I will say top one thing that occurred this year. That's really tough, man. Only one? Um... Well, and we concede, too, that certain things that have happened in our personal lives we can't really share uh, oh, on the air. Yeah, so that. this is like <laughs> definitely that. favorite family-friendly <laughs> thing that happened this Quite year. You. <laughs> Hit, uh... Can I can I say one and then a runner up? Sure. Or I'll 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 say my runner up first. My runner up was just starting this pop podcast, man. It, it, it's been a huge deal for me, not on like a prof well on a professional level too, but just in terms of um self self confidence and self development and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like I'm in in terms of those sorts of things, I'm a far cry from what I was at the start of the year. Like um. I was terrified of this in the beginning, and I still get a little bit of jitters, but... I, I get stage fright every time we start, yeah. right before we start to record. Um, it's so weird, too, because as soon as we hit the record button, I'm like, and on. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, doing the solo podcast was a big deal for me. Like, big, big deal. Yeah. Like, I was so scared of doing that. And I did it. And I think it was kind of good for for a first time. So, that's my runner-up thing. Just this whole experience and just the growth that's come from it, the personal growth. And, um, and, and look, it's just another excuse to spend more time with, with my friend here. So yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the whole, that's why it works. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. Could you imagine if we weren't friends doing this? Well, I couldn't imagine not being friends with you, but I could imagine having to do this with someone I wasn't friends with and I would have burned it to the ground, uh, two or three episodes (laughs) in. You absolutely would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the number one, this is going to sound very self-centered because it is, and that's fine. It's a self-centered question. It, your my, favorite my birthday man your what my birthday was my, my oh birthday, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was so wonderful dude like so many people showed up for me and went out of their way to make me feel special and loved and that's the best birthday i've ever had um and now on the day uh one of my best friends came came over with uh sugar-free donuts and candles and party hats and um blowers and those popper things and um then we hung out in a Zoom call with a few people from the community and we played Jackbox and then we watched Once More with Feeling and then, you know, my friend bought, bought me dinner and then we hung out and watched The Office until the wee, wee hours of the morning, which was just wonderful. Um, Sarah, aka the costume nerd, arranged this wonderful yeah. thing here for, for, for me, which is... Uh, um, what what would we call that? A, a picture? It's a uh, shall we, shall we say they're words of affirmation or something? It's a well. The way she put it together was um, asking all of your close friends for mm-hmm. a word that they think of when they think of you. Yes. And uh, that and was just the whole. That was what they what yeah. we all came up with. Yeah. It it says you you are enough just as you are and around it as all these like words yeah and one of them is effulgent one, one one of them is sunshine um speaking of viking one of them is viking um it just and and that is easily the most beautiful and meaningful gift i've, I've ever received um and so yeah man my my birthday i just felt so loved and so cared about and it it's just even like i i think about it now and i get in a little te- te- teary like so many people showed up for me. Oh, and also like my my D and D group threw threw me a little online party the next day. Um, just dude, it was just wonderful. Was yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Um, but what about you? Favorite moment of the year? Moment of the year is tough. Or moments. Moments uh, of we? the year. Um, yeah. See, see, I'm not reaching for any. I'm sorting through the many and uh um it's difficult isn't it it's difficult like the thing of it is too is um i think you and i in our conversations are very uh vulnerable and open and all of that but i I, think that's why we're so close is because of that yeah and, and i'm happy to share um that here but there's also like I, I'm also much more private than it might appear, and and deeply yeah, treasure my person. yeah. 
Um, and I'm the opposite in that I will ha- happily spew my thoughts and feelings all, all over the place for anyone. To yeah, I'm I'm surprisingly reserved, and I would be hard to um, believe that well, looking at just... the channel and all of that. But everything that I've I say publicly mm. um, has a purpose or a uh, punchline or a meaning or or most of the things I say. I'm sure in this podcast that See. has not been the case. You often describe yourself as an outgoing in introvert. Yeah. I think that's a per- perfect way to just describe you. That's you in a nutshell. So, um, this year started off pretty, uh, this, po- the, the, this podcast was designed, the, the, it took me a while, it took me a couple of years of thinking about why I would do a podcast. Uh, before I decided to try it. And the two, um, I needed to know what it was for and why it was of value. Um, to me, talking about, just talking about Buffy and the Buffyverse and all of that felt redundant to um, what I was doing on the channel. And what I was doing on the channel was much better than anything that I was going to be able to do starting a podcast. Not that there aren't podcasts that do it better, but my particular set of skills are very strong in regards to writing and um, recording and creating video content, edited sure. video content. Yeah. So the idea of doing that again in podcast form didn't make any sense to me. There are tons of, um, well, there's the buffering podcast. They're still pretty. There's like, there's, t- there, uh, there, there's a, it's oversaturated. Yeah. There's a, there's a big community of great podcasters out there doing Buffy podcasts. Um, and I didn't want to wade into that myself. So um, the reason why this started to um, occur to me as an idea was um, the New Year's podcast, the New Year's Resolution podcast, coming up with, you know, ways to move the stone and to um, slim down or to, to, I thought maybe it could help the channel, talking about process and all of that. And, um, you know, a lot of what we do is about community and other people listening in and sharing in the comments and, and all of that. And I thought there could be some kind of accountability, um, mutual accountability thing that occurred in that. And so by way of this podcast, the year started off on quite a um, productivity self-improvement kick. Uh, I quit drinking to lose some weight and to slim down and I started a book and one of the things I did to start the book was I asked a friend of mine to be my writing coach. Uh, her name is Lonnie and uh, we at the time a friend of mine to start doing um, uh, uh, be my writing coach and one of the things we did was I I procrastinate and and really struggle to stay focused when I'm by myself. So I like to Same. do what I call cubicle buddying, which is we we hop on a video chat, you work for 25 minutes, you talk for five, you work for 25, you talk for five. But having someone on the video conference across from you also doing work, I found kept me... It helps you stay motivated. Yeah, I, I stayed on the page and kept working. And so Lonnie and I started the year by doing that um, and writing and 
um, you know, talking every day. And it turned into hours of talking every day about what you do when you're intensely close and have uh, unbelievable chemistry and a ridiculous friendship with a person, as you and I do. (laughs) It's like you talk about everything, the conversations kind of range all over the place and all of that. And sometime in March, the whole pandemic thing started to really set in. And oh boy, did it. <laughs> yeah, and and that was the pandemic is where the New Year's resolution efforts really hit the wall for a little while, and uh, that was when I had I started drinking again, my favorite coping mechanism, and right. uh, had an incident there, and that hit the wall, and um, and I have been sober since for nine months, but the um, right. but Lani and I who both have other histories uh were like maybe there's something here and then then there was something there and we were like well but is it that something and then a little while later we were like yeah yeah, it's that it's that something um and uh we got to we drove across the country and met up and there's a picture of us both on uh, together on social media. That 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 picture made my heart explode. Yeah. Like, oh, they're public. They're finally <laughs> public. Well, public. I mean, I don't have to worry about Katie being quiet anymore. Yeah, and we're both two public figures, and so um, yeah. I mean, in as much as like I'm as as mildly internet famous as it gets, like minorly, uh, uh, whatever. I mean, so, you're very famous in in the Buffy. But yeah, but there's a there's a community, and so there's there's there was we we talked a fair amount about when to sort of um, have that conversation or when to it's like I talked about her a lot on this podcast, but just said my friend and. Yeah. Uh, this person I was hanging out with my, and even after that, it's like it's been an adjustment for me to, to just say, but that was, that was, weekend yeah. and that was like, I've never I, uh, it's incredibly difficult to explain. But in the midst of a pandemic, like this virus, capitalizes on our affection for each other. Our desire oh, yeah. to be touched, our desire to be close, oh, yeah. our des- it flourish, it punishes us for that. So this entire year has been like everyone having to act against one of the most human desires that 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 we're capable of, uh, that we feel every day, which is the desire for a hand on the shoulder, or the desire. So it's just been such a bizarre crazy insane year and to fall in love with someone on the other side of the country (laughs) via the internet has been completely unexpected like you were talking about like i'm not spiritual but man every once in a while do things occur that you're like, in order for that to happen, this had to happen, and then this had to happen, and that had to happen, yeah. and this thing over here had Stars to happen, and I had to be just the right age in my life, and and all of that, for this to come along. And the thing of it is, like, the other thing too about self improvement and and um, 
you know, a sort of growth and working on yourself and removing the own barrier, your own barriers that you create to be happy. And they're almost always your own barriers that you've created that block you from being happy. A relationship is an accelerator for that. You either are on the gas pedal or you get out of the way. Like, like there's... To have a mirror that's what a relationship is is it's, and i'm talking about it a lot in the episode guide for angel uh, a relationship is a mirror close to you a mirror in front of your face of what you're putting out into the world and what you're projecting and how you treat other people and who you choose to be and like that either accelerates your pursuit of being healthy and free um or, or it goes the other direction, you know. Uh, at least in, in my case. I don't know. I shouldn't speak so broadly about um, other people. And so, like, through uh, our communication and interacting with her and all of that, I just feel like I've been getting healthier and healthier and, th- like, feeling bits and bobs of baggage and mental blocks and all of that that have been there for almost more than a decade oftentimes like falling away just because i'm like beautiful man yeah you know Uh, that makes me happy to hear that so answer the question best thing uh that happened this year is dating her uh falling in love yeah yeah. falling in love in a pandemic like is this gabrielle garcia marquez like oh oh. There's something poetic. Love about in the that. time that of pandemic. Love in the time of COVID. I don't know. Um, That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and could not have expected anything like that to come close to happening. I don't know. I I, I think the best relationships come come out of nowhere. Like, and sure. I, I don't just mean romantic relationships. Like. Our relationship came came out of nowhere. Well, I just sent you some gushy fanboy drivel, and here we are now, like five years later. Yeah, best it, friends do, doing it's funny. Our relationship is one of the reasons why I cannot hate years of being an alcoholic because I'm not sure that I would have had the courage to That's reach right. out to you if I hadn't been drunk at the time. In the beginning, that's the only time I would hear from you is when you yeah. you were sore. That, that's only because you were so so nervous. Yeah, well, and it was late, and it was like you're in Australia, and and all of that. Um, and like I get it though, because I was just some fanboy who watched your videos. Like I, I get the nervousness. Sure. Well, that. yeah, and I get some strange stuff sometimes, as you know. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like me, I uh, my, things are better. My life is better, and I th- I would like to think that. If that happened now, I would respond and uh, strike up a conversation. I think I would. I think you, that I've grown yeah, past the need like, for that, but I can't hate on myself for that uh, at the time. I even just noticed you respond a lot, a lot more to people on Twitter. And, and yeah, I try and I try and interact. That. And that's the thing. Like to anybody who's just like, oh well, he he didn't respond to me. You just got to remember that Ian gets a lot of messages and tweets and whatnot, and. He is very, very introverted. Very introverted. Yeah. So it's not personal at all. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hope I don't think I shared anything too personal in that whole deal. But um, 
Um, I think that's the first time that I've spoken about my relationship with her. Just kind of so. Yeah. There it is, yeah. as like yeah. one of the healthiest and uh, best things that's happened to me ever. You know. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any, like, runner-up? Uh, to that? Uh, yeah, everything else is a runner-up. Uh, no. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. Run- <laughs> All right. Don't, it's fine. Distant, that's a freaking great one. Distant, distant, one. distant, distant, distant runner-up. Um, I've really enjoyed um, games this year. Um, between the Xbox Series X, it's very, like, my budget being as tight as it is, I guilt myself to no end about purchases, but this year I've made two that were related to um, entertainment purchases, video game purchases. One of them was the Oculus, what's it called? Quest. Uh, Quest. The Oculus Quest 2. It is spectacular. Um, I've been an early, I bought the uh, developer's kit, when it first came out from Oculus, and then I bought. Um, you had the Valve Index originally. No, I had the Vive Pro. Uh, okay, right, right. I bought the Vive Pro the last year that I was at my job, and none of them. They all had sort of drawbacks and shortcomings and problems but and all of that. A lot of them you need a really high end uh, PC to run them, yeah. and even then you, you can still have a lot of. The Quest has the Quest Two has none of those problems. Has the best screen Sense. of any of the ones that I owned, yeah. and yeah, the Quest and the Quest um, Two are the only ones that are sort of mid range that are standalone. Yeah. You don't need a, com- a computer for. There's 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 other cheaper ones, but they're not the same. They're not in the same. Yeah, and I used it a ton for working out, um, through playing through some of the games that I played through this year. Um, really a cool piece of tech. I really enjoyed it. Um, and the other one has so far has been the Series X. I don't know why I like it so much more than... I had a PS4 before that, and then I had a PS3 and a 360 in that era, and then I had a PS2 and a PS1 in the eras previous to that. So far, I think the Series X is my favorite. Okay. Uh, and I don't exactly know why. The Game Pass is... The Game Pass is spectacular. Everything it does is about getting out of the way of you playing as many games as you want to play. So, like, uh, it's one of the fastest SSD... I think it is the fastest SSD ever put into a system. Um, so everything loads super fast. It's like showroom go-to feature that I never thought I would use is called, um, quick resume. So I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Jedi Fallen Order, uh, at the same time. One of those was, is one I paid for. The other one is off of the, the game pass, which is like 200 games, Netflix for video games. You have access to all the time. Anyway, quick resume. I boot up Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I play a couple of missions. I menu out. I boot up Jedi Fallen Order. I play a couple of missions. I menu out. I go back to Assassin's Creed Syndicate, oh, and wow. it and it starts playing the game immediately where I left off. Oh, so that must be like RAM related. I must have a lot of. RAM I believe it seems it's 
like SSDs are fast enough now that it saves the game state to the SSD. Oh, wow. Okay. And clears wow. the the RAM so that it, you, all of that can be dedicated to either the OS or um, yeah. the other game that you're playing. And then when you come back, it loads the game state off of the SSD um, so that instead of sitting through the menu screens and waiting for things to boot up, and uh, you're just right back into the game. That's really cool. Really cool. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what I, and, um, I had a three terabyte, I mean, I do video editing, so this is, I know this sounds weird, but I had a three terabyte hard drive just sitting around, uh, that I found in a no, drawer. That makes a lot, I mean, as a tech nerd, that makes a lot of sense yeah. to me. Like, and I just that, plugged that, it into the back and it works and I can just, so I have four terabytes of space for games on this thing with the Xbox pass. So I have a hundred games installed and that, for my ADD, it's like. Yeah, Voot. It's, it's, try a different thing try a different thing try a different thing i've got a two terabyte internal an eight terabyte and then a four ter terabyte external yeah so yeah yeah Hard drive yeah yeah data is data is king um and i couldn't believe it when i got that eight terabyte i installed i've got like 25 games on it including like and that's including the master chief collection as one game when it's like five yeah. or six or yeah. something i've only taken up like 1.3 terabyte or something it's, it's yeah you're gonna absurd. you're gonna be good for a long time and that was my goal yes. merry christmas yeah. <laughs> thanks man thanks boy didn't did i need it because i was yeah yeah, so I hate saying this, which is weird, right? I hate saying this uh, publicly. By the way, the other thing that I want to acknowledge is, like, I would say this year the two people that had the greatest... Uh, the two the two people in my life that had the greatest impact on my day-to-day -day happiness and well-being was Lonnie and you. Um I love you. I'm incredibly grateful for our friendship. You mean you the world to me. Um, yeah. And what I'm about to say, I, I owe in no small part to our friendship. And that is that this year was, I, and I feel ashamed saying it in the midst of a pandemic. And, and I know people have struggled and I know all of that. It's pretty good. <laughs> like, Dude, I feel the same. Really. Yeah. Like, it's it's strange it's been like one of the toughest years of my life but also one of the best yeah um, yeah like and and look i reiterate that too like i've said it before and i will say it until the day i die like no one has helped me and helped me grow as a person as much as you you have you have you've been like a big brother you've been like a mentor you've been some ways you've been like a father figure to me like you've helped me tremendously and i'm eternally grateful for that but like this whole year it, it's like i've i think i've said this before on the podcast but i've i've grown more this year than i have in the 32 years that came before it um you know in the beginning of the year i got out of a somewhat toxic very codependent relationship and you saw me like I was at a very low point yeah. then. But yeah. then I just, 
I don't know. I, I started doing the work, man, to, to figure out who I am and, 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 and why I ended up where I was. And I've got a hell of a lot of work to do. I've just started therapy. I'm, I'm seeing my thera therapist again this afternoon. But um, I don't know. Like, as tough as things have been, I still feel so much stronger than, than I've ever felt. Um, yeah, it, it was something I noticed um, that was going on earlier than in the year. I think I might have talked about it before you joined the podcast, which is like, you know, um, I think this year, I noticed, at least I'll, I'll speak in a more limited sense, that I noticed this among my friends, is like we all were so hungry for some comfort yeah, like like the th it was such a tumultuous messed up year that like the normal things didn't work the normal things broke mm. my uh regular sources of comfort like or rather, the the year broke my normal approach to things, and ultimately, that that's an incredibly good was a good thing for me. Now being sober for nine months, but I, I I noticed a lot of my friends like the year taking a psychological toll as the day in day out were out, and a lot of the people that a lot of them had to like work for some happy. You know, had to really yeah, work think, for to figure out what makes you happy and to try and go after it. And maybe that's why so much good came out of it, because as you said, like the regular stuff either was unaccessible or it just didn't cut it anymore. So we had to do extra work to find comfort and f f fulfillment. Yeah. And through that, perhaps we've been able to find amazing, beautiful things. Yeah. And if, I, and again, I feel. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I, I, if you're listening to this and you're not in that same place, I hope that that this conversation doesn't make you feel bad. And and um, just keep going, just yeah, just keep just going. The, the like, you know, um, uh, uh, it is possible. I guess I hope is the takeaway uh, as a result of this because it's like, I I found myself this year having to go. That sounds terrifying. All right, let's do it. Which is the should be the catchphrase of this podcast, because again, it was like, well, I just like I'm uh, driving cross country to meet Lonnie. It was like, let's do it. All right, here we go. You know, um, uh, to 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 to, and she was the one who really. Um, helped me understand like find the the kind of the courage to do that where it was like we, we she, i i can't remember the way she phrased it but she was like let's both take a chance at being happy you know and if this this weird crazy thing doesn't work out okay you know we're you, you tried yeah that's okay but it's better to have gone after it and and i'm so mm. prone to inertia i'm so prone mm. to just to ritual and habit and routine and all of that. But this year, it's like that does, has not cut it, you know? No, no. A lot of my deepest regrets are just rooted in what if, like, you know, not taking a chance on something, not trying something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in terms of, like, you know, hope, and if you're struggling with something, like, one of the things that always keeps me going or, or 
again, one of the things I try to remember is that you never know what's around the uh, corner. No. You could be on the precipice of something great, and that is reason enough to keep going. Just keep moving. Uh, you know, the antidote, to, I've, I've said before, the antidote to anxiety is action. You know, Absolutely. and and sometimes you got to throw a bunch of stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Some, sometimes you have to put on some eye, eyeliner and eyeshadow and randomly uh, start filming a pop podcast just to see what happens. Yeah. Try yeah. 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 See what comes of it. Shave, shave your eye head and, you know, just... just yeah, like Ian said, throw a bunch of shit against the wall, and if it sticks, it's good. If not, at least you you took a shot. <laughs> well, I think. Whoa, uh, I just screwed up uh, the image. I'm sorry. Let me fix that. Uh, I think that's uh, as good a place to move on as um, any. Uh, so, if you so agree. Uh, before we get into the fanfic reading, I just wanted to let you know that I am at Ian Nitram on Twitter. And I am at lack of surprise one. That's all one word with the number one at the, the end. I have decided that uh, whenever we get to, if we, I mean, I say whenever and if, if we get to 2,000 subscribers, we'll start doing a um, Passion of the Nerds podcast Patreon. Um, but for now, if you'd like to support the channel and keep us flush with optimism, positivity, and courage. And and eyeliner. <laughs> uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash slash passion of the nerd. With $5 and up club, you can join us the second weekend of next month to have a conversation about... We, we really didn't prep a script this time. Uh, Untouched, the next Angel episode. Okay, yep. And um, also, Lonnie and I are now doing a monthly... Um, video series called Let's Watch Roulette. Yes, very cool. Yeah, where we uh, roll at the beginning of the episode, roll a random Amazon Prime or Netflix show or movie, watch it, record a reaction video to it, and then have a conversation uh, about it afterwards. Um, and that is f the, for the $5 and up group on Patreon. Uh, you can also support us by grabbing yourself something from uh, passionofthenerd.com forward slash store t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all of the mer merchy stuff that you didn't expect to uh, find. We've also, we do have a design for we do. a podcast of the nerds, uh, some amazing freaking designs. Spectacular. Like, holy crap. Um, we don't have them available for purchase yet, but sometime soon yeah why don't we, we, we let's do uh, keep pinging me to get that done this week yeah. yeah 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 um i'll try to we'll try to have them have it sorted before i fly out to uh sydney because i'm i can't wait for you guys to, yeah. to see seriously we're not exaggerating that their designs are so freaking cool yeah yeah um and i look amazing i yes. love the design <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you look. You look like a Norse god. I mean, God. You now that I think about it, there's a number of th things like going with that uh, motif. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll stop teasing. Yeah, we'll show it to them. Well, by next time, that uh, that shirt, that design will be up, and I'll share it on Twitter. Um, all right, let's go to the fanfic reading now. Here is gone. 
by Terry Boda, Chapter 39 He healed, physically at least. It could not be said that the other unseen wounds were healing. Rather, they festered inside of him, eating away at his very sanity. As he lay there in Buffy's basement, bones knitting and flesh mending from yet another vicious beating, his mind ran circles around itself trying to formulate a plan. He had to stop Glory, and to do that he had to kill Ben. Giles wasn't going to help him. That meant the Scoobies wouldn't help him if he went to them. He couldn't do it and be sure he'd succeed on the first try before the chip knocked him unconscious. He would only have one chance to kill the intern, and if he failed, Glory would know that her secret was out. He needed allies. Allies that wanted Glory dead as much as he did, and were willing to kill innocents in order to accomplish that goal. The answer came to him in the form of a sick epiphany. He was absently fingering a wound where Glory had sliced him with a knife, and his thoughts turned to a medieval torture which led him to thinking of the Dark Ages and knights on horseback. Then he remembered the mon modern-day knights of Byzantium, dressed in all their rusted glory, sworn to destroy the key at all costs in order to sever its link to the beast. The knights had no qualms about killing an innocent girl. They were prepared to sacrifice Dawn and anyone who got in their way in order to complete their mission. The plan seemed perfect. Once he was healed enough to go out, he would seek out the knights and offer them Ben. Why kill a tool when you could get the hand that wielded it? Spike remembered that the general they had captured told them that the knights had never been able to determine the identity of Glory's human host. He could give them Glory's biggest weakness and trade for Dawn and the Scooby's safety. The knights would kill Ben and Glory would die with him. The hell bitch would be gone. Dawn would be safe, and Buffy would never have to jump off the tower. The answer was so ridiculously simple, he was shocked he hadn't thought of it before, and a stream of hysterical giggles bubbled out of his lips, catching the attention of his caretaker of the moment, Tara. Spike? the witch asked, leaning over him as he tried to suppress the sounds. Spiker, are you all right? He looked at her, his face still battered, but cracked into a grin. In the previous timeline, she'd gotten brain-sucked and was now a gibbering idiot, but this time she'd heeded his warnings and not gone to the fair where Glory had found her the last time. "'You're the only one who ever listened to me,' he commented. "'I, I, I don't know what you're talking about.' He shook his head. "'Doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore.' except keeping you lot safe. Tara ducked her head shyly and let her hair hide her face, but he reached over and grasped her wrist gently to command her attention. Listen to me. No matter what happens, I will never betray Buffy and the Scoobies. I would die for her and Dawn, and I nearly bloody did. I-I-I know. You remember that, Glinda. No matter how it looks, I will never betray you. She fixed him with a steady stare. Spike, what are you going to do? I don't know yet, but I have some ideas. The hell bitch said a few things while she's 
getting creative with my body parts. He hedged. Like what? She pressed, her face intensely interested. I can't say just yet. Don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Gotta do some digging first. When I know for sure, you lot'll be the first to know. She shook his hand and squeezed it gently. Spike, please don't do anything rash. I know that you're very worried and scared for us, but the warnings you gave me about not getting caught alone, they count for you, too. He gave her a tender smile. Don't want to have to come here to my rescue again, eh, Glinda? She snorted at his attempt at humor. More like tired of washing blood out of your clothes. Me, I just burn them and steal new ones. Oh, now you tell me, she chided jokingly. He chuckled and smiled at her, turning his head away and closing his eyes as he released her wrist. Tired? she asked. He swallowed and nodded. I'll let you rest then, she said, adjusting his blankets. Wake me when passions comes on. I will. He fell asleep to visions of knights on horse horseback with flashing swords and shining armor. The following day, Spike woke with the uncanny knowledge that he was running out of time. Even though he wasn't completely healed and still had a severe limp, he set about executing his plan to enlist the knight's help in disposing of glory. But there were a few things he needed to take care of first, just in case things went sour. Going to the used car lot he and Buffy had raided before, he stole the camper and hid it in the alley behind the magic box. He knew that the Scoobies would need it if Glory came after them. He passed over the Porsche, again knowing it was too small for everyone, and that he couldn't be sure he would be around to drive it. He knew what he was, do he knew what he was doing was terribly dangerous, and that there was a distinct possibility that he would not survive it. With that in mind, he left a letter for Giles, explaining what he planned to do, and informing him of the dangers and the whereabouts of the camper. Mission complete. He went in search of the Knights of Byzantium, knowing he was walking straight into the lion's den, but feeling that he had no other choice. He found their encampment without too much trouble. Really, how inconspicuous could a legion of armored knights and warhorses be? It wasn't like they could hide out in an abandoned warehouse and lie low until they were called to battle. In the end, he found them in the woods, a full encampment complete with tents and campfires. Gathering his courage and hoping he wasn't making the biggest mistake of his life, he walks straight into their midst. Oi, who's in charge here? He announced loudly, commanding their attention. He was immediately surrounded by at least a dozen armored knights with swords. He put up his hands and surrendered. I come in peace. I have information that will prove useful to you in your, uh, holy quest. What do you know about our quest? One of the knights demanded, shaking his sword at him. I know a hell of a lot more than you think I do. And if you want to take down the hell bitch, you put your little pointy things away and let me speak to your leader. With that, he feigned disinterest, lowered his arms and lit a cigarette. The knights around him fidgeted and murmured, but none tried to attack. Plan might just work. Demon, hell-spawn beast of Satan, came a loud voice. Then again, maybe not. Spike raised his head to see an elderly man in robes, most likely a priest or cleric, coming through the ranks of knights. He cleared the soldiers and came at him, crucifix waving. 
He snarled, demon coming forth to the shock of the knights and shied away from the holy object. Get thee behind me, evil spawn, the cleric cried. Oi, put that thing away, will ya? I told you I'd come in peace. Demon, why should we believe your lies? Because I've got information about the beast, he insisted, still shying away from the crucifix. You speak with forked tongue, devil child. Nothing you have to say would be any use to us. He was getting sick of the man waving the cross at him, pushing him closer to the ranks of sword-wielding knights, and he was losing patience. Besides, the man smelled like moldy books and tongue oil. He rounded and faced the priest, head, priest head high and yellow eyes blazing. Look, I don't want that bitch opening the portals any more than you do. I'm here to help you, wanker. He snarled, lunging forward and thrilling at the sudden fear in the old man's eyes. The priest shoved the crucifix directly in his face but did not touch him with it. He held his ground and steeled himself not to flinch. What's it gonna be, then? He challenged. <clears throat> The two stared at each other, a battle of wills, as each refused to give quarter, although Spike was none too happy to have a cross dangling quite so close to his nose. Then a new figure came through the circle of knights. He was more highly decorated than the others and had a tattoo on his forehead that was quite detailed. We already know the, the monks made the key human, demon, the newcomer said. Spike broke eye contact with the priest in order to face the new man. <clears throat> The priest thankfully lowered his cross and allowed the man to come close. Spike shook off his demon and looked at the man with his human face. Well, yeah, they did. We know it's the Slayer's sister. Our brother who was defiled by the beast told us this. A man, the man, a general, added. So that's how they found out, the crazy knight from the mental ward. Yeah, but I can do you one better than that. I know who the beast's mortal host is, he replied smugly. The general pulled his sword and pointed the tip at Spike's nose. And I know decapitation will kill your kind, demon. We don't like sharpened sticks much either, your point is. If you come to tell us lies, we will kill you. He blinked and looked bored. Well, yeah, I figured that. I'm a vampire, mate, not an imbecile. The general stared at him for a moment, then said, Tell us what you know. He went to take a drag from his cigarette and saw it had burned down to the filter. Sighing and casting the priest an irritated glance, he lit another and took a hit. I want to make a deal first, he said, blowing the smoke in the priest's direction. We do not make deals with the devil, the cleric sneered. Spike shrugged and looked expectantly at the general. What are your demands, the general finally said, to the shock of those around him. Spike gave him a satisfied smirk, flicking the cigarette ashes on the grass by the general's boots. It's very simple, really. I give you Glorificus's human host, and you leave the slayer and her little sis alone. His words surprised everyone. Even the general looked stunned. That is your condition? He nodded and crushed the cigarette under the heel of his boot. It is. You want the key for yourself, one of the knights spat. He gave the knight a withering glare. No, without glory, the key is useless, he said, looking back at the general. The key is the link. The link must be severed, such is the will of God. Have I got it right? 
kill the man, you kill the god. To kill the god, the key becomes a normal teenage girl whose only concerns are boys' makeup and not getting eaten by nasties like me. Spike gave the general a level stare, one eyebrow cocked. You are correct, demon. If the beast is destroyed, the key's power is useless. Only the one who made it can wield its power, the general confirmed. There, you have it then. Have we got a deal? Why would you want us to spare the girl? The general demanded. The slayer and me, we got a deal. I help her kill the nasties in this town in return for her not killing me. Works out rather nice for the both of us. I don't get killed, she gets another pair of hands in the sling, and I get to have all sorts of fun meeting out delicious violence on prey that's a lot more difficult to kill than you measly morsels. It's a win-win situation, he explained calmly. Now, enter one hell bitch with visions of world destruction and a really bad fashion sense. Complicate that with the fact that said hell bitch is after the slayer's little sister. Oh, did I mention that I'm sworn to protect the little sister? It makes for a bit of tension, it does, and interrupts our regular slaying schedule. And that messes with my killing fun. You have a soul, the priest said suddenly, a hint of awe in his voice. Spike stopped his soliloquy and gave the cleric an angry glare. Well, so you found me out. Nancy boy vampire went and got himself a soul. Bravo. You were the one that was foretold in the ancient scrolls. The demon who would betray his own kind. Hate to disappoint you, Padre, but the proof of a but that's my poof of a grandsire. He's the one with the grand destiny. Me, I'm just love's bitch. He returned his attention to the general. So back to the matter at hand. I give you Glory's human host and you leave the slayer and assist alone. Have we got a deal? How do we know you are telling the truth? Asked the general. Well, aside from this pesky soul not wanting me to lie, I can prove it. Tell us what you know. If you speak the truth, we will honor your request. Spike nodded. Glory's got herself a posh pad in an apartment complex not too far from here. I got a chance to look at it when she picked me up and took me over to her place for a spot of torture, he said, pointing to his bruised face. See, she knows the key's human too, and she decided that the vampire was the weakest link, if you know what I mean. Now, during my stay there, in between the bouts of excruciating pain, I managed to discover a little room in said apartment that was made up as a bedroom for Glory's human half. The human half is a doctor, calls himself Ben. He interns at Sunnydale Hospital when he isn't strutting around in dollies and high heels. There was a moment of silence before the general spoke again. You will take us to this place. Spike gave in an evil grin. With pleasure. Hi, Jack! Hey, Ian! It, oh, it's another one in the bag. It's the end. Not another one, the last one of the year. Yeah, the last one for the year, yeah. Um, we don't know exactly when we'll be uh, back, but yeah. we'll be back. We'll figure something out. You, you'll possibly be uh, back with, with Lani, um, but in that case, I will... Film a short uh, check checking video yeah. from either my mother's. Might we might do a couple. Uh, uh, we might have a couple. Uh, what is it called? Pinch hitters for you until you get back from Sydney. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's it, everyone. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. Happy holidays. We 
we hope you, you guys have, have a wonderful one. Uh, may your hearts be warm and your bellies be, be full. Yes. Um, and and uh, one thing neither of us mentioned that I know we both are uh, grateful for is you. Um, the fact that there's a community here um, yeah. uh, is crazy and shocking. And, like, and I don't mean yeah. like fans. I mean a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that, and like we look at the uh, comments each week and it's always the same people. Yeah. And, and we love that. We love that we have regulars and we love communicating with you you guys and chatting and whatnot it's um you know like ian and i we spend a lot of time just sitting here chit chatting with each other but the fact that we can just record what we normally do anyway and people are interested and and and, and want to watch or listen to, to that that blows my my yeah. mind and we're very great grateful yeah um so stay safe um have a good end of the year uh jack and i will be back sometime in January. We'll see you then. Yep. All right. Much love, friends.